You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. So where are you guys hanging out? L.A. right now? Yeah, we're in my apartment in Santa Monica. Okay, so you just got back off vacation, a long vacation at that. Yeah, it was kind of like a work, it was a work trip that then I I was shooting some stuff for NBC and it, it was like a traveling thing, so yeah. it took me from L.A. to Detroit and my family's in New Jersey, so I just said, you know what, instead of traveling me back to L.A., just I'm going to go say hey to mom. Yeah, and once so you're on the East Coast, you might as well go ahead and just knock it out. Yeah, so and that was nice to see mom and dad and and just hang with them for a little while. So it's yeah. cool. So tell me a little bit about your past, each of you guys. Okay, well I'm a stunt woman. Uh, I'm from Ohio. I came out to California to be by the ocean. I just kind of came out here to figure out what I wanted to do for the next sixty years of working, and uh, kind of fell into it. I met a stuntman on a mission trip, and um, just thought wow, that's amazing. That's exactly what I want to do. So I started getting into it and had no idea about stunts. You know, in my life, you're about being a doctor, a lawyer, a business person. I mean, you know, anyone can do anything, but this is the first thing that I was really passionate and excited about. So I just felt like, okay, I have to pursue this. And I'm in the exact town where I can. Yeah. Turkey or Africa or something like that. I'm right here. So were you already like a thespian in high school or college or anything like that? Or this was like your first adventure to acting? Being uh, a stunt well, I grew up as a ballet dancer and I'd taken acting classes. So I was always a performer, but I'm, I'm a little monkey and tomboy. Like I love adventuring and exploring. I was always an athlete. Yeah. So that's what drew me to it. Uh, I born and raised in New Jersey. I've been an East Coaster my whole life, but I came out to LA right out of college um, because I knew that the Hollywood business was where I wanted to be. Uh, my parents were not thrilled about it. I'm very much the, my sister stayed close to home and I said, love you very much, but goodbye, I'm going to California. I'm a director and I have been a director and producer for a number of years. I kind of cut my teeth and got my start working for Discovery Channel shows, which was great because I was 22, 23 and traveling all over the world and swimming with sharks. And that had to be cool. Make, oh, it was great. It I was mean, great. Yeah. And it was was a great way to kind of learn. The crews are very small, so right. you kind of have to learn every aspect of, of filmmaking, which was wonderful. So it was kind of like my film school. And so wait, I did you ever do it. the whole naked and afraid and the whole bit that were you ever, I did not do naked okay. and afraid. <laughs> I have worked with pretty much every animal that you could possibly think of. Okay. I have done some kind of an attack recreation with that animal. Really? Um, I am excellent at making fake blood. Okay. So wait, attack um, recreation. Yeah. You have to. Yes. Why? Um, it, a lot of what I did and, and a lot of why I'm drawn to the type of stories that I'm drawn to now as a narrative filmmaker is because I, one part of my job back then that I loved was I got to track down and interview people from average Joes to Coast Guard members to ex-cons about traumatic or life-changing experiences that they had. So be it someone who survived a plane crash or 
who survived a bear attack or... Um, gotcha. So you did like a mini recreation of the event that... Correct. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And I would also interview that person about that. And uh, it was it was really cool. I really loved that part of my job. Um, and it was great for a long time, but narrative filmmaking is where I want to be. And I learned very quickly that making drama action films is, is what I want to do. I just love blowing things up and, and lighting things on fire and cars. my kind of gal that that's a great producer right there. Yeah. So I met Bethany on an action movie that I was working on. I was working with the stunt department and Bethany came on as a stunt driver and um, we hit it off. And as I was writing Do No Harm, I kept sending it to her and she was giving me really wonderful notes. And I remembered that on set we had chatted about her wanting to do some producing stuff. So I sent her a text and I said, you can say no to this, but would you want to produce this? Because I feel that you would be really excellent. And she said yes, and that was a number of months ago, and we've been riding this roller coaster since. Oh, my God. Bethany, what were some of the movies that you did that we would recognize if we were watching and we go, holy crap, that was Bethany? (laughs) Well, my whole job is to not be recognized as a stunt woman. Oh, so I'm not supposed to know. Well, yeah, but it's in your IMDb stuff. Right. Well, okay. okay. My first job, I doubled Zoe Saldana on the American remake of Death at a Funeral. Uh, I was on Pirates of the Caribbean 4, which is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, as one of the mermaids. I was a horror stunt double in Star Trek Into Darkness. I was in Captain America Civil War last year. I just finished up Baby Driver with Marielle, which has not come out. Patriot's Day with Mark Wahlberg, which has not come out. And I just finished God Particle, which is a J.J. Abrams-produced film. It's a sci-fi space thing. Doubling so, so some of those movies you just mentioned, I'm going to have to go back and hit the rewind button and go, okay, yeah, there it is. Right there. Right there. There she is. Because it's you're going to have that one little segment, right, where the camera's going to probably shoot, and I'm going to, I'm going to know that's you rather than the actress? Or no? Is it that yes. good? Anytime you see action yeah. with the people that I'm doubling, that's me. And literally, I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's my ear. That's my hands. <laughs> I know that was me only because I know what I filmed. Yeah. I know the actress did not do that. But that's pretty much the only way you can tell. If you were just watching the movie, like you said, you probably had no idea. Because typically, somebody's getting beat up. Their hair's getting flown out in front of them. You have no idea that it's not the actor or actress. And instead, it's some stunt double doing it. The idea is to transition smoothly and seamlessly from the actor to the stunt person and then back to the actor. So it's funny, a lot of my job is actually hiding my face, you know, putting your hair down, turning away from camera. You know, when you take a reaction, your arm is over you, you know, like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> you learn the tricks of the trade to help. <laughs> well, I guess that's better than trying to be all glammed up always in front of the light and Trying to look for your good side. No, exactly. <laughs> my my whole passion is adventure and exploration and, yeah, just being an athlete. It's cool. So, Mario, you said you started writing Do No Harm, you know, a long time ago. Kind of lead me up to where it is or how it is that you came about writing the movie or the script. Did you, did you already know people who are combat veterans and that's what kind of inspired you? <laughs> or what gave you the passion to want to do this? Sure. So, um... 
I am not a veteran myself, but I have a number of family members and very close friends who are in all the different branches of the military. And I tend to be drawn towards stories because I like to direct action movies and because I like to direct movies that have some emotional grit and meaning to them. I tend to find myself drawn to military, law enforcement, crime, that kind of world where that those stories are inherent. And years ago, I happened upon an article about a company that was making or inventing new medical devices that may or may not help in the battlefield. And it got me on a kick. I started reading a lot about combat medics, uh, historical stories about crazy survival things and, and, and just stories of, for lack of a better word, these heroes who did these incredible things. And it just struck me as, wow, that's a fascinating person that I haven't seen a whole lot done about. Certainly there are numbers of awesome military movies. And I won't say there's nothing about medics because there definitely is, but a lot of times you see them as kind of like an ancillary character. Right. And I just thought to myself, and, and to be completely honest with, like before even really starting to do research, I thought, man, that's a really interesting character I would like to explore. And the process of researching has really taught me what, I, what a civilian mindset I came at it with. And just having been able now at this point, and I still have a lot to learn, but now having spoken to a lot of veterans, a lot of medics, um, corpsmen, uh, army medics, air force medics, it has helped to develop the script and make it so much more authentic. Um, it still tells the story that I set out to tell but it just, it was, a, it was a fascinating subject matter to me. And as we go, we will call each other, Bethany and I, and say, oh my God, I just heard this amazing story from, from this guy. Like we have a thousand films we wanna make now. Yeah, and yeah. like, it's, there's so much to be told. And it's, it's really, I can't think of a better word than fascinating for me from, a, from an emotional perspective, from a military perspective, from um, a technical perspective, it's just been, it's a very rich place to draw story from. Right. And um, I think one thing we've both been so stoked on is that all the medics who we've talked to have said, this is awesome. Like, please tell a story from the medic's perspective because like that's a story that we want to see told. Just to kind of paint the picture here, you had sure. advice from people who are 18 Deltas, which is SF medic yep. side of it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you had Navy corpsmen, Marine Corps corpsmen. Uh, you've had all kinds of different... Air Force. Air Force. Yeah, you had all kinds of different experts that actually yes. lended their advice to the story and to the script that you had. Yes. So, so, the so I came at it. I came at it with an idea. Right. Um, right. That was essentially like I, I like to explore moral and ethical quandaries in the human psyche. So I came at it with an idea, and right. I wrote it, and then we started talking to people, and that started changing the script a little bit, and then we started sending it to people, and to us it's it's hugely important like this has to resonate with civilians and veterans i want to make a movie that veterans can give a two thumbs up to and say that was authentic that felt real so 
a lot of credit to Bethany for finding these people who have been so open and so willing to chat with us to the point where I will be up working on it at one in the morning and I will like jot a quick email off to, you know, a Navy corpsman and say, Hey, would you use your left hand for this or your right hand or like that? Like just super specific details that to make it more real as we start to choreograph it and start sure. to figure it all out. Yeah. As I remember it, Marielle, as she mentioned, we met on Baby Driver in Atlanta and then ran into each other at a stunt event here in L.A. And I said, hey, I want to go camping. I'm getting a bunch of girls together. Do you want to come? And she's like, yes, I do. And I'm already going camping for the 4th of July weekend. Do you want to join us? I said, great, yes. So we're driving up together and just chatting. And I'm asking her about what project she's working on lately because she always has a million going on and amazing ideas. She is a true director and visionary. It is quite interesting. And so she's telling me about this one. And I just, I love our military. I'm somewhat in awe of our military members and veterans because it's something I haven't done. I, I think it's so hard and my hat is off to everyone who serves. So I was really into it, and she said, but I really need to talk to Corman because I wrote this script, but right. I'm not sure. If I want to double-check the medical part and see you know, what they would actually do and the specific lingo they would use, et cetera. And also, if someone had read the script and said, like, you can't make this, this is terrible, this doesn't make any sense, then right then and there I would have said, okay, well, then I can't. Right. But lucky, luckily, we have not been met with that. <laughs> no. So, I mean, yes, to me it started out as, hey, I just need to talk to some corpsmen to beef up a little bit. And I said, okay. And so I reached out to a couple people. I reached out to DJ Strunz at North American Rescue, whom I know from working in Wilmington. And he put me in touch with Mark Flores, a, a corpsman. And uh, I reached out to Jay Paisley on Instagram, these people do not know me from Adam. And I just send them a little Instagram message. I'm like, hi, my friend. At this point, I'm not connected to the project at all. I just say, my friend is making a short film and we need to talk to someone in the know. Would you be willing to take some time and talk with us? And both of them said yes, amazingly. So that's where it all started. Wow. And we just had Skype calls with both of them and just soaked up all the knowledge and information they gave us. Yeah. And then they so generously stayed on board and we've been going back to them with different versions of the script and and it's grown from there other people yeah. other veterans as well when i first set out i a very good friend of mine andre is a marine corps veteran he was not a medic but um i had been speaking with him you know over the years because obviously as i mentioned i'm fascinated by military stories it's a world that i think is is there's, even though there's been so many movies and television shows made about it, there's a never-ending amount of stories to tell and important stories to tell. Um, so I had, I've, for years I've been chatting with my friend Andre, um, who was an avionics tech in the Marine Corps, uh, about different ideas. And I had loosely run this one by him, and he seemed to think it was a good idea, which, which spurred me to write the script. And then when I got Bethany involved and she started putting me in touch with Corman and medics, it just... It has just continued to build on itself. But which what, what got you? I mean, what started you off in this angle in the first place, though? I mean, that's kind uh, of the. I mean, there's like you said, there sure. are so many different perspectives or different ways that you could handle yeah. a combat situation. Um, I read, I read an article as I mentioned about advances in med medical technology, 
that led me to read more articles about more historical medics, uh, Vietnam War. Okay, medics. so when you started going in down that route, because I know yeah. you said medical device and everything, but so it just so, really got you more into understanding the combat medic perspective. Yes, okay. and it started being a really, it's, it occurred to me as I was reading these stories that it was a very interesting perspective to explore as someone who is trained to fight, but right. who's job is to save lives and to fix people up. And those to me as a civilian seem to be relatively competing agendas. You're talking about saving a life and also if if you have to, taking a life and and fighting and because and you are also a soldier. And just the extreme like I, the extreme measures to which these people went to to help their comrades. Um, sometimes the enemy too. Right. right. And, some, right. and that was another part that was really fascinating to me is as I was reading these stories, it was, it was also reading bits about exactly that, that you are also expected to help the people who are there, Absolutely. you know, and, and you don't know who this is, but you have to help them. And that's like the idea of the Hippocratic oath. And I know that's not necessarily like these, it's not like this is a doctor in a hospital, but that idea of do no harm and that idea of, of being someone in the medical field whose job it is to fix people in a scenario that is so, someone said something so interesting to us that we were talking about that I loved, which I think is in our Indiegogo campaign video. I think it was Jay who said it to us, but I don't want to misquote it. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but it was, it was something along the lines of our job is only 50% over after the battle. That's when the other half of our job starts. For a lot of the military, like that's when their job ends. And for us, that's when our job continues on. And I don't know, to be honest with you, it was just a really interest to me as a filmmaker, it felt like this is there's something so human about that. And one thing that's come up for us, and Bethany can speak to this too, is the hope that this film can start conversations about that. I mean a lot of what we talk about when we're emailing people or talking to people is how the concept of war is is such like a broad, vague thing. And it's it's really easy to just be for or against it. And and it's terrible. Like I wish that we could be live in a world where there was no fighting and, and killing and all that. But we sought with this film to tell a human story and boil it down to reminding people watching it that these are human beings who have to deal with these kind of split second decisions every day. And yes, they go through tremendous amounts of training to do that. And yes, a, a, a mil someone who has been in the military certainly would probably view a scenario differently than I as a civilian would, but it, at the core we're all human beings and um, just reminding people of that, I think is important to me. Is that, would yeah. you say that's, yeah, I think I talk to a lot of friends. I mean, we live in California. It's very liberal, very hippie. And um, and you hear people so against war. And I think that that leads to people also being against our troops sometimes, where I separate that. They're either signing up for um, a duty to their country. They feel like they should, or they want to go to school, and it's a good way. I mean, there are myriad reasons why people join the military, right? But nevertheless, we're sending our fellow humans over into these 
insane situations. And so I liked <clears throat> Marielle's idea of taking a look at a specific event. Yeah. And yeah. And putting, I, putting I, our neighbor, you know, our, I mean, we might not be there, but our neighbors in this situation with split second life and death decisions, and they're trying to hold on to compassion and humanity while being in a war zone. And having read this script, because, you know, you sent me a copy of it, Bethany, and I looked it over, and I think one of the challenges that you guys probably ran into is not just finding people who have been in those types of uh, situations or have the training, but they also almost have to be a visionary because you're trying to trying to paint that same picture in the story that you're portraying. And if you don't get it right, that's where I think you can also lose the military community because if it's not portrayed correctly, then they're going to go, okay, well, these were civilians who attempted to try to make something real, but they missed the mark. Well, that's um, what we keep running into. And this yeah. is why our veterans' feedback is so important to us. I mean, I think it's paramount, and we're putting it at yeah, the forefront of this yes. script. Anything that they say, we're taking as gold and trying to implement because we understand that for a lot of these combat medics, they have to be, they have to shoot first and then take care of people because if they don't, then they're, everyone's dead. So a lot of them are like, well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have compassion. We wouldn't have feelings over there. It's, you know, kill or be killed. So we're trying to, we're trying to find the best, the best way to tell the story because the overall remarks from the veterans who have read it are, yeah, this is good. And this is a good story to tell. Um, and it's one we want to see told. And so everything that we have been doing in the last month has been, how do we tell this story with this emotional impact in the realest possible way? Yeah. And making our, our military look strong, tough, well-trained, competent while still Somehow holding on to a bit of compassion and yeah. humanity, which we keep hearing, okay, no, feelings get you killed. Being emotional gets you killed. We wouldn't do that. Don't think your, you know, your training kicks in. So we're definitely trying to show that, but still reminding people, okay, but this is still human and you don't train every yeah. Everything out. And, no if, and if nothing else, have. like it would be completely, it would like, I would relish a military member watching the film and saying like, that was really well done, but it shows that, you know, you can't have feelings because that's the conversation we want to start. Right. Like yeah. that's a conversation a civilian who's watching the film needs to hear a military member say like, see, well, there's totally going to be an after action review on everything. Cause that's just what military people do. So of course in reading the script and you look at it and you go, okay, yeah. To your point, I could see why that occurred. The reason why is because, bang, bang, bang. Had had that person not done that, then he wouldn't have found himself in that situation. I don't know how much of the script you want to reveal, or if you're trying to, you know, keep it to where until it actually is released to give it a bigger impact. But you know, if you're wanting to share some of the script, I think it, you could kind of give a synopsis of the whole picture. To, that might be able to help people understand what you're kind of describing because I, I got it from when you guys were talking, but having read the script, I can see it better and I can understand what you're trying to portray by the synopsis of what it is, the overview of what you had. Sure. Do No Harm is a story about a Navy corpsman attached to a Marine platoon who is tending to a severely wounded Marine and is put in a scenario where he has to make a decision 
whether or not to take action against a child. And the outcome of his decision is is essentially how the film plays out. These are real life situation type of things. I mean, you're going to be in a situation where, you know, you're going to have to make split decisions. And in this individual's case, it's not just a life or death situation of his own. He's also thinking about at those moments about his own life, the life of the person that he's working on and this position that he's now been placed into. And so he has to make a decision. Now, you could after action review that a hundred different ways as to which one is the right decision. Unfortunately, each one of those is going to play out a different scenario. Exactly. None of them might be a right decision, but one of those decisions is going to have some kind of series of events that's going to occur after that. And you laid out one series of events from the decision of what this Corman made. And and I think that, again, I think it was very well laid out as to how it was described, including up to how you, you viewed the situation taking place from different people's perspectives and hearing that. And so I'm sure that was a lot of what the feedback that you got from those who are veterans who've probably been in very similar situations. I wouldn't have been surprised, actually, if a few of them have said, actually, this happened to me or it was something very that. close to that. Yeah. I was speaking to another one of the corpsmen we were talking to, and he said verbatim, myself and my peers have been in eerily similar situations to this. Um, And everyone, I want to be really clear that everyone, because it's very important to me as a filmmaker, because especially because I do come from a documentarian background, yes, there is, it's a movie. There's a story that we're trying to tell, and and we want to tell a good story that's moving. But... I have asked everyone that we have spoken to to like point blank, can we make this? Like, is this a good movie to make? I don't want to, like the, the intention as Bethany said is to start conversations, open discussions. It is not to make anyone look bad. It is, it's to shine a light on something that I think a lot of people don't think about when you think about this kind of war scenario. Um, And it's been very important to me along the way to make sure that this is something that, and it's been a huge boon to me as a filmmaker to have veterans like Mark and like Jay read the script and say, yeah, this is something I can get behind. It may not be the most common scenario, but, but it's not unrealistic. And at the end of the day, the story as, and I think you put it perfectly. In fact, I kind of want to save that audio of you talking about how, um, you know, there's there's 10 different ways this could have played out and we're choosing to show one. Right. Well, and, and if you think just, about it, too, if you think about a movie and a larger movie, this very well could be a scene within a movie that then, then could be dissected in any classroom environment where you're sitting there with a group of individuals and say, OK, what would you have done? And you can do right. this in a in a, uh, in a veteran situation as well. And again, you'd have so many different people yes. give different perspectives and no decision or no choice is the wrong choice, but each of which exactly. have consequences. And, exactly. And so you've got to understand what those are. And unfortunately, you only have seconds. So, And that is exactly what the movie's about. Right. That's it. You just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That's so, exactly what I would like to see. I would like to spark conversations between civilians, veterans, military people. Let's talk it out, you know, instead of just pointing the finger and judging, be like, no, that would never happen. Or I would have done it this way. I would love to hear conversations because 
Yeah, and I mean, that, that's the meat of this is. And you know, of course, when you start thinking about the training that these individuals go through, if you if you look at specifically like Jay, who's an 18 Delta that spends about a year or so or longer actually within training for medical training. And then you have someone like even the medics assigned to Ranger battalions or uh, special operations forces, many of which end up going as well to the same exact course as the 18 Deltas, which is a year long. So there's a lot of extensive training. These people are not just somebody who learns how to put on a tourniquet and a, a right. bandage and apply pressure and the basic. These are these are individuals that I mean we referred to them as doc. I mean because these yes. are these are our doctors as far as we're concerned, and they're the closest thing we have to saving our lives or the our friend next to us, our comrade yes. next to us, and so. We want them to be the best trained, and they usually are the best trained. So these are the people that gave you the advice. I think that they probably would have told you, knowing um, a lot of these veterans, that they probably would have said, no, this isn't going to work. You know, this yeah. isn't right. Or this would have never played out in this situation. And, and the the scene that you actually place it within, I think, is going to resonate with a lot of veterans who've had to go into situations like that you place this corpsman into and the Marines and what they're facing because even those series of events happen on occasion as well. These are type of situations that our military are placed in. And in this case, it happened to be a corpsman and it happened to be an event that he's trained to do. And yet he had to make decisions because like you said, it, in first, he's a soldier. Second, he's a medic. And so he was trying to deal with both situations at that moment. I think it'll actually do very well because... I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, and again, I think that if you've got a military community, especially somebody that's as well-trained as these individuals, and I can't state that enough, that are giving you the advice and the consultation, you got to believe that these individuals would have said something differently. And the fact that they're supporting it makes me want to support it that much more. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's been a wild ride. And yeah. uh, I can't state enough how important it is for me and for Bethany that this be this feel as authentic as possible. I'm up all night, every night, just, you know, wanting to make sure that the uniform is accurate, the specific type of rifle is accurate. Yeah, thank the God. The setting is accurate, you know? Like. You know, there's nothing that irritates me more as a veteran watching a movie and going, oh, my God, okay, that dude wouldn't look like that. You know, and it, seriously, I mean, it was. there's times where it's like they got it totally wrong. Yeah, and, and producer, yeah. I'm I'm trying to get every detail accurate. I'm yeah. talking to people, literally, because I don't want I don't want first right off the bat someone come in and be like, oh, I'm taken out of it because that. Yeah. Nope, that's not even right. Yeah, you'll lose them within and the first few seconds. Right. Exactly. We are civilians, but we are doing everything possible to do all our research, to talk to the right people, to talk to as many veterans as possible who are there, and to make sure every detail is accurate and correct. Because I think that's also doing justice to telling your story. I, I want to make a movie about a combat medic, and I, I want to do it accurately and justly. And I get, like, for me, it's more fun as a director also to think about the details. Like, very early on, one of the things that Jay talked to me about and that I put into the lookbook that I created was... Um, like I love these visceral details that he'll give me. He yes. said, he said, your your uniform is crunchy because right, right. of all the sweat that's dried in it. Yeah, days, and, months. Yeah, right. Right. Like <laughs> as I'm as we're bringing right. on crew members, like looking at wardrobe people, like that is huge. The, if the, if the wardrobe person shows up and the uniforms are clean, I'm be like, go, you better go roll around in the dirt for a while. <laughs> Those things like have right. to look lived in and worn, you know. Right. Um, and just 
as we've been sending the script around for notes, like those details, like I, I put in the script that these Marines are, the Navy corpsmen and the Marine are filthy. And like, that was something that got underlined that was like, thumbs up, thumbs up. Yes. Like we are dirty. And it's like, not a, it's not a makeup dirty. filthy. If it's, a, it's a days of living in. Yeah. Yes. Right. It's yeah. like dirt is in your pores. Right. Filthy. Right. Even how the actors are going to act. Yeah. And portray it. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know, we're doing our best. I mean, so just just kind we of don't explain have maybe of dollars, but we are doing our best. <laughs> so explain maybe how far along you are. So you're not in the infant stages, just to be clear, because we have talked about the consultation that you've received, but you're not in the infant stages in terms of trying to get the script in its accurate form. At this point, you feel like you're pretty ninety percent, ninety-five percent accurate in terms of what you're wanting to portray. It's still probably a living document up to the moments you're filming. It will but, always be a living document. Right, but right. yeah, I would say we're ninety, ninety-five percent there. I just turned out a new one, I think, like a day ago or something that just adjusted some specifics. I think also as we get closer to the physical filming, more of those details will flush themselves out. I fully intend to to have the actor go through training with a corpsman. Again, as a short film, as a low budget short film, we are we're up against time and money constraints, but we will we're doing everything in our power to make sure that those things are addressed to the best of our ability. And we absolutely will have an advisor on set who can be keeping an eye on the filming and saying like, oh, he just did something with his hand that looked totally wrong. Like you can't use that take. Right. Because that's important to me. And and again, to, to the same point as the uniforms and the weapons and the setting being correct, those movements being as correct as possible. And, and of course, understanding that every person is different. Every medic may have their own to some point may have their own um, idiosyncrasies right. that the way that they like to do it. Right. But I want to be able to say that like we did everything in our power to make it, to make it real and we're working towards it. So the short answer to your question is yes, the script is a living document. I feel that we're 90 to 95% of the way there and it will continue to get as close as, you know, 99.9% .9 by the time we're shooting. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so where we're at, we're in pre-production right now. So we are crewing up. We have an incredible director of photography who I could not be more happy about. We obviously, between Bethany and I, we have a wonderful stunt team coming on and slowly but surely bringing on different, uh, those different positions and being very clear with each of them, with the wardrobe people, with the production designer, that authenticity is the most important thing. And that is, but I keep drilling into everyone. Yeah. And when I reach out to people too, I'm like, this is our goal. If we're even going to take our time to do this project, we want to do you guys justice. Yeah. And look, Every that's little thing. completely candidly. That's where a lot of the fundraising is going to. Um, we have an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign and, and that's where, and we're very explicit about that on the campaign that like the reason that we're trying to raise this money is so that we can afford the appropriate authentic things and that we can take the time and the and the resources to make those things right and not have to settle on something because we can't afford it. So where can people go to find out more information about it and of course to donate because I mean let's face it one of the things that you're looking for at this point is assistance in the funding and I think it uh, you're trying to raise 40,000 is that correct? That's and, correct. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and we've had lots of wonderful support from family and friends and many veterans. 
and people like Jay and Mark have been, and, and yourself helping us spread the word. Yes, it's been social awesome. Media, social media, in um, contact with different veterans groups. Thank you. Are like Indiegogo links are not like the. It's not like I can say go to www.fundthisfilm.com. Right, right. Oh, but I would like to say this that. Uh, we've also been getting support from, we've been reaching out to veteran owned businesses because we do it in, there are many options of ways to support the film in kind donations, monetary donations on an individual level. There's a lot of different tiers. Even $5 makes a huge difference. And for people out there who are listening to this, who don't, who, you know, may not know where the money goes, like $10 can buy a meal for a crew member for a day. And a lot of our crew is going to be working for free. So you and this is a nonprofit contribution. Yeah. It's nonprofit. It's tax, tax deductible. deductible. Right. Yes. You know, a hundred dollars goes towards wardrobe rentals. More than that goes towards camera rentals. There's so many things that it takes to make a film and camera, to make a film well. Lenses, obviously, sound. Set. We're, we're building. We're building a set, so all of that construction and that labor costs money. And wardrobe, we've been the flak vest, the weapons. Yeah. The you know we don't want to just throw people in camo and call it a day. You know right. they have to have. The correct the full kit, unit. yeah, right. full, full kit, full kit, yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, we've been getting um, great individual support from, like I said, family, friends, many veterans. We've also been reaching out to and have corporate had some success sponsors. with corporate sponsors, with veteran-owned businesses, um, and patriotic, businesses yeah, as well. Yeah, um, I've been in talks with a great company called Pit Barrel Cooker. Uh, that is owned by a Navy corpsman, a veteran Navy corpsman who has read the script and likes it, and and we're seeing if we can work out some kind of corporate sponsorship with them, which would be great. Is igg.me backslash at backslash do no harm film backslash x. Yeah. Yes, I, I wish they gave us an easier. I'll put that on our link of the uh, the actual. <laughs> Yeah. But but they may not be able to click it is the bad part of it. So what I'll do is I'll also add it to our website somehow and um, cool. yeah make it to where that they can you know go to it directly and such. I, I think it's an important thing. Obviously, if nothing else, that it's portrayed correctly so that these conversations can happen. I think it's a good training material for both people that are in the service as well as those who are trying to understand perhaps what some of these combat veterans are going through or have gone through. Certainly, it's a very traumatic experience that you, you're trying to portray as well. And in order to do that correctly, it's going to have to have the right set and the right feel. And, it, and like you said, you're trying to portray that to its most 100% accurate way. And certainly, the funds go a long way in trying to get that, that whole image and whole thing put together. So, yeah. And um, I will say that people are amazing and stepping up to work pro bono. We're getting working professionals in every yeah. department. Uh, we have an exciting announcement. Shanola Hampton of Shameless is our lead actress. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. So yeah. we're very excited about that. She's There's coming on pro bono. Pro bono. Like it's, wow. it's just been... People are behind our script. People are getting behind, behind it. Yeah, this project to tell this story. So it's really exciting. But 100% of the money is going back into to make it accurate yeah. and believable. Have you thought yeah, about like, hiring is, Jay right. or Mark? Jay's Atlanta-based, so it makes it a little bit more challenging. But we have uh, invited them both to be present, to have a hand in training the actors in order to make that as, as seamless as possible. Sure. Um, I would love it. I would love for them to be on set every day. That would be like a dream come true for me. Because, it's the, because then I can 
you know, know that someone is focusing on those details and, and um, I can continue to do my job as the director and know that I have, as Bethany was saying, we have all these incredible crew members coming on to know that I also have a number of military advisors who are there to make this film as good as it can be. Um, right. We are we absolutely will. Yeah. Military advisor. Yeah, that. I just want all of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. It's been really fun. I've learned a lot, and we want the hope. We hope to turn this into a feature film eventually. Um, there's so much more to tell. There's so much more story, and it's it's exciting and it's invigorating and it's. We just plan cool. to enter this into multiple different film festivals yeah. and travel with it and. Yeah, so I've done, this is not my first short film. I've directed a number of other short films and they've done well for me and, and I've, um, I'm have i very proud of my work. I've, I've toured the festival circuit all over the world. My work has gotten attention at studios like HBO and NBC and Sony and Viacom and uh, it's been great. And, and I really truly believe that the scope of Do No Harm will be even greater. And we just want it to resonate with veterans and civilians. That's that's really the end goal at the end of the day. I could have said it better. Thank you guys for coming on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. It doesn't matter whether you are searching for your passion or purpose, finding your way through a military or civilian career, working on your fitness, or just about to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Get after it.